there's been a murder of podcast. A bloody mess. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of a bloody mess podcast. Yeah, today, today we're joined by uh, the mother of this podcast that gave birth to us just over twelve months ago, David Storby. <laughs> just got this like disturbing vision of me like legs and stirrups pushing you boys out. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. Uh, yeah, sliding out of you in like a slime covered sack. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, amazed the pod- laptop still works. <laughs> yeah, it's how laptop you got in, there in the first place that worries me. And all kinds of tenants. <laughs> Hello everyone, hello, I'm back. Yep, and I say it's a special episode because we're not going to be doing the usual story, covering a serial killer, covering a cult, blah 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 blah. We're doing a, a Q&A, and Stoby, yes. Stoby's here to host the Q&A for us. <laughs> He's the Q, and we, and us two are the A's. Yeah, is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. If I am I allowed to go with this one? Yep, just, just go crazy. <laughs> No, uh, yeah. So that's that's the plan. Anyways, we've been gathering up questions from fans of the show, yeah, and coercing questions them. from friends. Yep, uh, so, both um, of them. I love it when Stoby hosts an episode because we just get to get smashed. <laughs> yeah, this is also the return of alcohol. Yeah, which has been absent for quite a while. So, uh, <laughs> listen to me getting annoyed by the end of the episode. Apparently, you were fucking. And get ready raging. for more facts you, about you cars. Were raging. I was not. Yeah. I was just trying to focus and get me. I was getting my assertive voice on. Let's keep moving. You're like my wife's gonna shout at me. It's getting late. <laughs> she bothered me. <laughs> the best thing was when I was halfway through a story and I'd look over to you and you were doing the hurry up motion with your hand and I was just like, don't know what that means. <laughs> don't speak sign language. Well, yeah. Just to keep it topical with Christmas, wrap it up. Hey, yeah. Hey. Oh. Yeah. That's why he comes on the show. How was your Christmas, yeah. guys? My Very Christmas good, was, it was alright. Spent it with my dad. Made a beef wellington. Then sat in silence for two hours. It was great. Hmm? Yep. Jim? Was fine. I, I, it was fine. Well, it depends what your definition of topping it is. It was, <laughs> you know, it was great. I had a good Christmas. Usual driving about between families' houses, as is the norm, but Well, most fine. people I know who do different people's houses, you obviously went to your missus' house and your parents' yep. house, they do it on different days. You have two Christmas meals in one day. You've, you've got to sugar the pill. So basically, I have my one Christmas dinner at lunchtime, and then I have same again, please, at tea time. That's madness, that is. That's, That's to kind of offset the fact that I don't really drink on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I had quite a lot to drink. It's like just pure indulgence, I love it. That's great, isn't it? Do you have pigs and blankets? Yeah, at, at both sittings, yeah. Yeah, oh, man. How was yours, Stubby? Aye, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Who did uh, you spend it with? Uh, the my family. So we after the first year after Caitlin was born, after her first Christmas, we were like, nah. We went and visited everyone. We were knackered, so we were like, you want to see the you want to see Caitlin? You come to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone comes to us, and then we go out to one of the in laws' house. We all own it each year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to the other one on Boxing Day, and then we go to my grand's every New Year's Day for a meal. Jesus we, Christ, so busy, so I know, busy. But at least we don't do two meals in a day. Yeah, that's madness, that is. Yeah. And on Christmas Eve, I got mugged by six dwarfs. Did you? Not happy. Ah, uh, 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 very good. Very good. Yeah, there's a reason why he's not on very often. <laughs> that is this, it. I'll tell you a true story that happened about an hour ago, right? We won't go into detail, but we were outside someone's building, and we couldn't get in, right? Because the, we didn't know what flat number it was to, to buzz. <coughs> right. So this girl, must have been about 14, 15, came, and she was trying to get in into the flats. Stoby was like... Would you mind if we followed you in? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he did not just say that. But we got in and everything was fine. Yeah. Into into her no, bedroom or No, not into her Whoa. bedroom. Whoa. She was probably a bit older than I'm I'm saying anyway, so more experienced. <laughs> than you. <laughs> Crack on with the QA? Yep, let's move. Yep. So, starting with the first one. Are we naming people? Nah. Are we not? There was a bit of debate going on. Fuck it's uh, whatever care. you want to do. It's just just don't miss anyone out that's had the 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 uh, what's the word the good grace to send a question in. Right. We're basically asking every question that people have sent us, so don't feel 
Like we're not missing you out. Right. Cool. So in answer to my question... We don't know. Right. So first question comes from... Are the first five all from the same person here? Uh, yeah, it actually goes down to about eight, I think oh, we've got here. wow. Eight, and one's from her husband. Zandra's delivering here, so... She's delivered two children. <laughs> so have I. Jim and Jim. <laughs> right. So, so, so shout out to, San, to Zandra. How's it going? So, first question. Who are the killers you find most interesting and why? Chen. Who's going first? You can go first because I know you haven't prepared anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've prepared my beers for this session. You did, yeah. This <laughs> this drinking sesh. Yeah. Go. Uh, who the kills I find mo- most interesting? Yeah. To be honest, the ones I find most interesting are the ones that have total breaks in reality. And the ones that are severely mentally ill and have a break and don't try and cover their actions up because you can tell that there's something not right. Like, say, like your Robert Nappers, your Richard Trent and Chase, all the ones like that that were just completely... They've just completely lost it in their, their killings. They're, they're the most... For me, they're the most interesting ones because when they start, when it becomes like a temper thing, or I suppose they're all interesting, but the ones where with severe mental illness, they're the ones that interest me the most. I put something similar. I put the types of killers like revenge killers, spree killers, mass murderers, or gang killings. They don't they don't hold as much interest to in me as actual proper psychopathic serial killers do. Yeah. So definitely. Hopefully, that answers your question. Well. And so if, if she wanted a specific who, well, you'll maybe find out later. <laughs> um, so, similar sort of vein there, are there any killers you feel sympathy or empathy for and why? Jen, you go first this time. Well, it's it's a difficult thing to describe when discussing killers. That said, if I had to choose, if I had to say that you feel sympathy or empathy, I'd say the ones that didn't really understand what they were doing and... Example of that would be Dahmer, Napper maybe. Didn't really understand the severity of what they were doing. Didn't Dahmer didn't even like killing. So if you're comparing how they killed or why they killed to, let's say, an Ed Kember who knew exactly what he was doing, then you could possibly come close to maybe feeling some sort of empathy. Does that make any sort of sense? I get what you're saying there. Yeah. 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 Good. James, you answer the question. Well, because I'm a big soft arse, I feel empathy for all of them. Because I'm, that's just the kind of person I am. But again, it's the ones with the mental illness. I think if you t- if you take killers out of the realm of what we do, it's the serial killers and people who've committed murder in general. I think people that are that are killing their abusers, you've got to feel sympathy for those. Well, hang on, people who've like we've just got a message on our Instagram. You're saying, joking. I'm I'm wondering if I could ask a question from Robert Hart four one seven four. Get unfollowed. Oh my god, this is happening we live. Are live recording. Robert, a video if, you're tra- if you're trying to no. sell us something, <laughs> I'll be I'll be gutted. Okay, I've said we're live recording is... now. Ask away. So we'll Wonder see what if I says. could ask a question. Can I speak to you about the word of our Lord and Saviour? <laughs> <laughs> I'll screenshot that because that actually just happened. That's quite amazing. Anyway, sorry, continue your answer. Empathy. Sorry, I've just sent him a screenshot of my laptop recording. Uh, yeah, basically, basically, just uh, the ones that are basically the people who, if you go outside of the realm of what we cover, which is your true crime serial killers type thing, and we just look at people who have committed murder, it's the people who kill their abusers, basically, and then end up getting well, punished for it, really, because I don't think they should be. I think they should be different sentencing and things like that. There's people in jail in America that have killed people who've abused them, and it doesn't seem fair, does it? Yes, we could actually go for hours on that, couldn't we? Yeah. Soldiers, you've got, you've got to, you know, that's some, you know, if you want to get a bit political with it. We're, yeah, we're not. We're just doing a Q and A, James. We're not. A fucking, <laughs> we're not a political podcast yet. Yet, yeah. That'll be coming one day. Might get some political answers for the next question right now. Brexit means Brexit. Nope. Are yeah. you... A, there's, a, there's a killer that I'm not uh, um, sympathetic for, and that's Tony Blair. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on from that. Are you growers or showers? Are we growers or showers? That's the one. Great question. 
I'm well, 100%, 100% a grower, 100%. As you can tell, the podcast is getting more and more popular each week, and it is a, an, an audio format, so you can tell we are growers, not showers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, I'm growing out the way. Hey, <laughs> Christmas right. meals. Robert4174, I want to start a podcast, how would I go about it, any tips? Are they from Perth? Are they from Perth? Let's see. He's an actor. He looks about 14 years old. Right, Robert. Get my in, first thing was... Pick, get in pick touch a thing. with the Fair City Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, in touch, get in touch with someone who's already doing a podcast, probably better than ours. Uh, someone whose podcast has a small amount of professionalness. You need to get yourself a decent quality microphone. We use the Blue Snowball ones, I think they're called. Yep, yeah, yep. They're, they're not ma- massively expensive. They're like less than £50. Well, you wouldn't know because I bought yours for you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, technically, I, I, I stole yours. I mean, you had to buy yourself another. That's how it how it worked. Uh, the other thing is, if you want to just start a random podcast, try and pick a theme and try and either get good at sounding like you've not scripted yourself, which we aren't that good at that. I'm terrible at that. And, or get someone else get someone else on with you just so you've got something organic because if from experience the podcast where it's one person just talking they can get a bit dry yeah and also pick a topic that you enjoy and want to talk about because it will end up feeling like work if you don't yeah that's the thing we've not done this podcast uh to get famous or to get money or anything we've done it because it just seemed like a fun thing to do and yeah it's not that fun <laughs> no, and we don't do we don't do it that often. Too much. So. It's a good no, it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. So what going on from that then, Jim? What in your opinion drives like our fascination with true crime? And that's another me, question from Sandra. Well, for me, I've always been interested in fringe cultures, slightly alternative things. I mean, from an early age, I've always liked weird things. I like just I don't know. I've always had that interest in the other side of culture really and it's like the other side of comedy i've never been one for mainstream interests i've always liked heavy music i've always had odd hobbies i just i don't know and i think a lot of it is it's a combination of violence and the gore aspect of it that i like things that shock you and kind of get a reaction from yourself it's the it's that it's also the fascination of the psychology side of it and it's the the crime aspect is interesting as well and the fact these people are it's also an element of oh, glad it's not me. Like that. That's also part of most forms of this entertainment, this macabre entertainment. But I think it's really just the combination of, uh, to be brutally honest, and this is not a very empathetic, sympathetic answer, but the combination of violence, uh, gore, murder, and psychology. Really, that's a very good answer for something you just come up with on the spot. Well, your thing is, I've had two beers, and I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Brain lubrication. For me, this isn't something I've really thought about, so I'm not sure about everyone else, but mine certainly comes from from two different areas. Firstly, I like the shock value behind some of the stuff that goes on, and I think that's maybe comes from having such a boring, normal life. <laughs> Secondly, I like, I like the why. I like why people do these things. I like why did someone turn out like this, and the psychological aspect behind the why. I find that sort of thing a bit fascinating. But as for everyone else, I think you're all just a bunch of fucking sickos. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair enough, yeah. But I don't think... You're saying it's a fringe thing. I don't think true crime's a fringe thing. I think everyone likes it to some degree no, anyway. True it's, true crime isn't, but if you if you go to, like, through... Because, I mean, I remember, like, family members being into stuff like this, and it's always been different aspects of it, because I remember, like, my sister reading books about the... Was he called David Peltzer? Child called it. I remember my sister read those books. It was about, like, a journals from a someone who was massively abused over a period of years. And that was more of the emotional, sympathetic side, whereas I prefer the more visceral, shock value side. Yeah. Of it. But we both like horror films, we both like metal music, and the violence and the gore is an aspect of both those. So it's kind of... It's all, I can link all my interests to each other by a few key factors, apart from cars. <laughs> well, you could kill people in a car. Well, yeah, true. See, I never discovered, like, I never realised how popular true crime stuff was until going into podcasting. Yeah, yeah. And seeing how they just, they're a league of their own sometimes when it comes to, like, what people listen to. It's and it's just... funny because people have watched, like, some of the stuff on Netflix. You know how, like, there's almost like this introduction, kind of the yeah. big stuff, like, 
even things like making a murderer or getting into the more what's it called again with the ah oh, the parents and the girl got abducted <laughs> abducted in plain sight sorry yeah with the nicest oh. neighbor in history yeah and things like that and it's like I find people have watched that and be like I kind of I kind of find it a bit fascinating and it's like yeah people do you know and there's just that kind of almost that surprise that they're yeah, yeah. like drawn to that because it's, it's, it's amazing and so out of the ordinary and people find that. I don't know. Interesting. I, I think how deep you get into it depends on how strong yeah. your stomach is. That's what she said. And, oh yeah, but it depends on how, how much gore you can put up with. Because if you've got quite a strong stomach like we have, we can get really involved and get into the deeper, murkier cases. Whereas I think, I don't know. I presume a fair amount of the people who watch documentaries on Netflix might stop at certain bits. Might think that's enough for me and not bothered it. But I just think I just want more. Well, I've seen people who've put tweets up saying you need to watch "Don't Fuck with Cats," but if you if you're really squeamish or don't like cruelty against cats, here's the the times that you need yeah. to avoid, kind of thing. I think I bring that up later on. That that for, for anyone that's interested in watching that, there isn't it doesn't show it explicitly. I nearly turned it off, but you're right. Really? Yeah, because I thought it was going to show it. Oh no, no, because yeah, yeah. because it's like I was watching "Ready to Look Away," but. For anyone who's not watched, we can't really discuss it that much because it's still relatively new. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's not seen it. Because, but I, it starts off with episode one, and towards the end of episode one, you think, "Hang on, this isn't what I thought it was going to be." It's not just about killing cats, but I called it half a third of the way through the first episode. Where I said to the girlfriend, "No, is this such and such a body?" And she looked at me like, "Stop talking to me, watching telly. Don't give me a lecture. You're not podcasting." <laughs> I'd never heard of the guy, but yeah, my, my girlfriend, she's, as soon as she heard the name, she's like, oh, I know what that guy did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I just like it, and I think it's the third episode when you meet one of the Canadian police officers, and she's like, yep, we went through the guy's bins, and we found some rubbish, we found some receipts, we found some plastic, we found a puppy, we found some flowers. I mean, she just said puppy, like, just so nonchalantly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word. Thank, thank you. You're right, Clem. I hope that was a good, that was a good word. That hopefully um, I pronounced it correctly. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> sure someone will tell us. <laughs> What's been your favourite episode of Bloody Mess so far? Well, for me, um, in terms of the story, I'm a sucker for the H H Holmes. Even though we've taken those episodes down, um, or even the Ant Hill Kids. In terms of the saga, it was great. But in terms of how I felt about recording and how I felt during the episode, episode. Editing, sorry, which I'll edit that out. I was really happy with the Napper series and also the latest episode of the Ant Hill Kids. Phil, I think f- we had a really sorry. good flow to them. Yeah, I think for me, because I wanted to jump in there, <clears throat> from a, an end product point of view and also subject matter, Robert Napper is one of my favourites because it was the first one I'd really got my teeth into. I kind of felt like I knew what I was doing because the the Marianne Cotton episodes weren't great. I don't think, and. That I did, but they were just. I just loved the case material. I felt like I'd got the timeline well. I'd managed to sort out all the wheat from the chaff, and I'd managed to go through it and sort it all out. However, the episode I enjoyed recording the most was the Peter Manuel ones, <laughs> where we absolutely <laughs> lost our minds laughing. I forgot about that. A mispronunciation of one word <laughs> led to 15, 20 minutes of. Tear, tears, laughter, just like tears coming down our faces. I've got it that. It was amazing. I've got that recording hidden away somewhere. Oh, that was what, fantastic. What was the wrong word? Um, oh, can you say it? Um, you not remember? No, it was exposed. It was... Exposed vagina, but I pronounced yeah. it exploded and vagina. Was it exploded. <laughs> yeah, and we both just fucking lost the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had to leave the room for Chen to read the sentence because yeah. oh, I kept so cracking up. <laughs> And this was oh so was bad. bad. That was back in the heavy drinking podcast days. Yeah. We, we realised the heavy drinking podcast days weren't a good idea when we started recording Robert Napper at was it quarter to twelve, quarter midnight on a Sunday night when I had work the next day, and we I think we got through bottle of vodka. Was it? Yeah, well, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, good that times, was bad. Good was, times. It was good. It was enjoyable. We just need to. Because it was one of those where I think it was like seven o'clock. I said, "Here, I'll just I'll just finish this bit of the script off, and then we'll start recording." And then, like <laughs> half eleven, you were like, "Are you nearly done?" <laughs> and I was like, "I guess I'll have to be." I know they were good. They had a good flow. The Napper episodes were really good. Thank you. Really good. 
So moving on to the sixth question from Xandra. If you started a cult, what would your core values be and what would it be called? And you can't use Stobyism because I've already got that patented. I don't think I thought of a name, but mine wouldn't be one of these doomsday cults. It would be a cult full of hope, anticipation and belief of a Crank 3 film being made. (laughs) On Mondays and Tuesdays, we'd be spent watching the films on repeat. Wednesdays, Thursdays, we'd rehearse the films to the grand showing on a Friday and Saturday. What about Sundays, you ask? Well, listeners, I would be a ruthless leader, and anyone who wanted to leave the cult, I would tie them up until Sundays, and Sundays would be a day of torture. <laughs> I don't know, you've seen Crank 2, haven't you, James? Uh-huh. Still, have you seen Crank 2? I can't think of it. At the end of the film, I... Jason Statham is set on fire, and he dies, but his body's in the hospital, he's all wrapped up, and his eyes open, which opens the door for a third film, a third film that my cult would believe would see Jason Statham not having any skin and he'd have to stay wet to stay alive. <laughs> so Sundays I would torture my non-believers by tying them to a stake, setting them on fire and hose them down so they don't die. They would, <laughs> they would not be taken down unless they admit a crank three is a possibility. Jesus, you really were half drunk when you wrote that one. I was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can, can, you, can you compete with that one, Jim? Well, I was just going to say something about the devil, but I don't think it's going to beat that. Is he going to get the mention of the Book of Satan in here? He probably will. Right, go for it. No, because no, the whole thing about the, the whole thing about Ooh, the, <laughs> whole, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing about Levi and Satanism. It's individuality. It's the individualism aspect of it. Uh-huh. So as soon as you start conforming as a group, you kind of enforcing group norms, and then it loses the whole point of what it is. But do you think they should make a crank three? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just don't want to be burnt, really. <laughs> <laughs> but that—that's how I, I. What would we call it? Chinova's witnesses. Chinova's witnesses. Chinova. <laughs> I'd call it Scientology. Scientology. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Scientologims. Scientologims. <laughs> right. You can have lunch with a killer, serial killer, spree killer, mass killer, whatever. Who would it be and what three questions would you ask them? Chen. This is where I got a bit drunk, so... <laughs> I chose I chose Albert Fish. Question one would be, are you having a starter? <laughs> Question two was, how was your starter? <laughs> Question three is why are you such a fucking dickhead? <laughs> so it should make for an interesting lunch. <coughs> oh my god, this is just like our normal conversation when we meet up. Yeah. Um, <coughs> oh. So who would you, you have lunch with, James? Fucking hell. Uh, I'm trying to think. This is where I probably should have prepared for this, but you know, credit to Zandra, I didn't expect the questions to be this involved. No, they're good questions. They're more good. They, like get, the question. they get better as they go on. Oh, well, my answers won't. <laughs> Basically, who would I have lunch with? A killer. Mm. I've always had a fascination with Aileen Warnos. Who? Because Aileen Warnos, the woman, the woman that was based the film Monster, which Charlize Theron was based on. Is that not an alien? No, Aileen. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what film? Did you I just read of? the first word and mispronounce it and go, "Oh, no. it's about aliens." What film am I thinking of? Who's the one? Is it Scarlett Johansson? What What are you thinking of? Um, Where's she... in the Shell? No, Lucy. no, well, you're thinking in a... of in in my skin. It's filmed in Northern under, Scotland. Under the skin. Under, my... under the skin. Yeah. yeah Is yeah. it any good? I don't know. I just knew it was you someone in a car killing people. Well, Sorry. Yeah. No. Alien Warnos. Yeah. Basically, because. <clears throat> Nick Broomfield did a documentary and she would veer between being cooperative and then he'd ask the, the wrong question and she'd flip. Oh, that's interesting. And towards the end, it felt like she was cooperating with him because she thought he could help her with her appeal. And then when he started saying, well, no, we're not doing that. We can't change anything. She gets she falls out with him. And I just think it would be interesting just to kind of try and... Piss her just off? To get more, well, yeah, yeah. Just to piss her off and see if she snaps again. Poke no, the, just... Yeah, 
just just to get more. Just I just think she's an interesting person, or she was an interesting person because she was executed. Or was she? Ooh, who knows? Maybe you'll find mm-hmm. out in an episode. Conspiracy. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that'd be it. Was I'm trying to think was it, what what questions would I ask her? Are you single? Probably. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing after this? <laughs> <laughs> Come here after. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd probably say, you know, if she was to start again, do, would she think that her, her life would take a different path? Well, knowing what she knows now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you kill all these people, you'll get caught. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. What other questions would I ask? If you could promise that she would be honest, I'd like to know how many of the incidents were as she said and how many were fabrications, because I do believe at least one of them was genuinely how she said she got assaulted and it was self-defense. Yeah. But I think when the fir- after the first time that worked, I think she went, hang on, I can use this one again. Third, so, third question. I'd ask her if she was having a dessert. <laughs> <laughs> well done for thinking on the spot. Well done. Question number eight is, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? This is from Zandra. Right. Uh, she mean like I, you're carrying a corpse? Or? No, no. Right. I've said of course, but I don't know whose body mm. she'd be looking at. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Mind, or yours. At, at, at this point, I'd, I, I'd hug a man in the street, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Zandra and I have hugged many times. Well... You might, you might have. We've, we've all hugged Zandra, but did you drop her on a concrete floor close enough to miss one of her final university exams? Because no. I know I did. I think that was you. Forgot about that. Drop what? Dropped her on her head. Oof. I, I dropped her on her head on a concrete floor, and it still, excuse me, it still keeps me up at night sometimes that I feel so bad for it. Yeah, it was uh, basically she got concussion and had to miss one of her exams. She's she's okay now though. I was I was using the silence to let him sort of dwell in his own uh, <laughs> guilt. <laughs> oh no, I've got the rest of the Christmas holidays to dwell in that. Ah, there, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um, and from David, Zandra's husband. Zandra's husband. If you were responsible for killing your own turkey this festive season, <laughs> which serial killer's method would you apply slash employ, and why? Jim. Being a fan of an economical dispatch and the north of England, I would use Peter Sutcliffe's hammer method. <laughs> Tenderize it before it's dead. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've, I've. <laughs> yeah, how you said half drunk? Oh, God. <laughs> I would do a Dean Coral and bite his dick off. <laughs> right in the giblets. <laughs> Um, no, I'd, I'd probably go with an H.H. Holmes, lock it in a room, gas it, slide it down to my basement where I'd have an oven ready to cook it. That's a really good answer. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as good as Dean Crawl biting a stick off. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is better. A slide into the oven would actually be pretty cool for you, food. Just like, right, on you go. <laughs> then you'd have to slide down to get it out, and then you'd end up in the oven. Right, so next question is... Well, you know me. Every time I'm on this uh, podcast, I always happen to drop in a reference. Oh, is to this is this a, witch is this murderer? a surprise question? Is, it? is this a surprise? <laughs> so always, always reference Holly and Gemma from Witch Murder Podcast because it's mm-hmm. it's another great podcast. And they ask, which method would you rather be murdered by, strangulation or drowning? <gasps> did they? Did they ask? Do you think they even listen to our podcast? <laughs> they asked it. Didn't they listen though? I don't know. They asked the question. <laughs> I don't. That's I don't lovely. think. I don't think they listen. We'll find out. Yeah. If you listen, send us a message. Who's answering first? Well, I've forgotten the question. Would you rather die through strangulation or drowning? Um, they're both strangulation, probably. Why? I don't know. Drowning has always held a horrific fear for me. Being underwater, you're both you're both suffocating, really. But strangulation, you're not getting water into your lungs, and that's quite a horrible thought. But you've got someone murdering you. That's okay, it probably happened a lot quicker. I don't know. Don't know the ins and outs of it. Strangulation is my answer, because I don't want to drown. Jim? Right then, <clears throat> let's go. I've heard that when you strangle someone, a bone breaks in the neck, and I think at the point when I was being strangled and I felt that bone break... Is it the clavicle or something like that? You would feel, you'd think, oh shit, I'm a goner. And that wouldn't be nice to to feel that. And also it takes a hell of a long time to strangle someone to death. Surely you'd pass out first, though. 
you probably would do. But the at work the other day, they said, oh, you know, if you could choose any way to die, how would you choose to die? The fuck do you work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this wasn't like a gunpoint. <laughs> but Gun basically, yeah. Basically, I thought long and hard, and I said, I'd probably drown in, because I've heard that when you drown, there's the stage of, I'm going to be alright, I'll get out of this. Then there's a the stage of, I'm not going to get out of this. And shortly after that, there's a stage of extreme euphoria. It's like a, an evolutionary thing, that your brain floods your body with chemicals to calm you down when it knows that you're dying of drowning. It goes back to like caveman days. <clears throat> and it's supposed to be a feeling of euphoria comes over you before you pass out. But I don't my colleague's that, answer. I don't believe that to be true for a second. Well, my next colleague's answer was uh, at home in bed surrounded by his loved ones. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> or then someone else was like, oh, probably in my sleep. And I was like, well, I, I didn't know we could choose that. <laughs> I thought it was like a, <laughs> a violent death, like S- shot in the face. <laughs> Suddenly about d- deep in a fire-breathing whore. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to stick with strangulation because I think you pass out before anything. But you pass out quite quickly. There we go. Go with that then. What? Yeah. Next up, next set of questions are from Louise. So, hi Louise. Hello. Big shout out to Louise. She's been listening since the beginning, so thank you for that. She has been, yes. Louise is an absolute delight. Yeah. Yeah. So, first question is, what is your favourite serial killer film and or documentary? Well, I I don't watch a lot of... Serial killer films or documentaries because I like rom coms, but Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix is worth a watch. It's it's amazing. Jim? I've got two. <clears throat> Film, as in fiction, would be Tony. It's, it's got a subtitle Tony London Serial Killer. I bought it for about £4 from FOP, I think, ages ago in Dundee, and basically it's got unrecognisable Peter Ferdinando as a typical odd-looking serial killer. It's essentially Dennis Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. But set in the modern times and he goes out and he's he's just a bit of an oddball and it follows him. It's one of these films that doesn't really have a beginning, middle and an end. You kind of just land in the middle of someone's day and then follow them around throughout the course of their day and then the film ends. So it's it's an odd film but it's, it's fantastic and he plays it really well. Documentary-wise, it would be the jinx about Robert Durst. Now, not only does it have the best ending of any documentary ever, which I won't spoil, but within the first 20 minutes, you're watching a severed leg get pulled out of a bin bag. It's really quite gruesome, and it doesn't pull any punches with the gory aspect of it. Photos of bodies, it's definitely worth watching. And The jinx? The jinx, yeah. I believe, for those of you lucky enough to have Sky or... HBO, whatever it's called in America, it, it's, it's on there. It's an HBO documentary. You'll be able to find it somewhere else, but it's fantastic. I think there's two episodes, three episodes, but it was... Oh, it's amazing. Plus, you're watching it, and the guy, he's, he's really quite likeable. He's odd. And then halfway through, you think, this guy's just being targeted because he's a bit weird. But yeah. he's really quite enigmatic and likeable, and... But, oh, it's It's fantastic. That was a proper jaw-dropping series. I've actually heard that before. Um, yeah. yeah, Chris from Fresh Talk Podcast, he talks about the jinx and mm. he says it's absolutely mind-blowing. But it's one of these ones, like, everyone's heard of, make, like I said before, Making a Murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's heard of this. And it is, like, he was raving about it pretty much. It's because like it's not on Netflix. Everyone's got Netflix. Yeah. Or Disney Plus. Sick. <laughs> we don't, I don't have that. I don't have kids. <laughs> we don't have it in the UK yet. Nah. Um... With your serial killer knowledge, do you think you can commit the perfect murder and not get caught? Louise has the perfect murder, so Louise, go and send it to us, please. Because mine is terrible. Send us proof of yep. the murder. <laughs> perfect murder happened in Die Hard 2. When he stabs a boy through the eye with an icicle. Because your murder weapon melts. <laughs> that, that was actually going to be my one, so yeah. Sorry. No, not a problem. I don't mind. Mine just involved like killing um, the lower echelon of society: <laughs> the homeless, the sex workers, the junkies, etc. I'd do it at night in a city I don't belong to, in a red Ford Fiesta with fake plates, because red Ford Fiestas are very common cars. 
I would charm them into my car, offer them lifts, money, whatever it took. I'd park in a lay bar. <laughs> I was drunk. I'd park... <laughs> I'd park in a lay bar in the middle of nowhere with another car, a generic car. They would have been sitting with a, you know, a police know about this car sticker, so no one would really take any notice of it. So I'd get them out of that car, or I'd strangle them, get them into the new car, burn the old car, then take them up to my home in the middle of nowhere and feast on their organs with some red wine and bury them in some random woods, and there's loads of them in Scotland. I'd probably get caught because I'd invite folk around for tea and be like, ooh, would you like some breast meat? And cackle loudly. <laughs> and, and your turds would be full of DNA that's not yours. <laughs> exactly. Who's going to test my fucking turds? They wouldn't know where to get because my, fa- my, my plates were fake. Oh, okay. They'd be like, they went in that very generic Ford Fiesta, red Ford Fiesta with... <laughs> The blood all over it with fake plates <laughs> oh now that car's set on fire but what car would they have got to I, was like, I don't know there was a car with a police nose about it do the police know no they don't because <laughs> it was a fake fucking sign and we've, we've got footage of, of, a, of a man Ooh. chasing a, a naked tramp down the A90 <laughs> <laughs> before getting him into another silver car plastered with police aware stickers done on lined paper out of a <laughs> notepad <laughs> that's what it'd be like was, um, was Louise the one who posted the the so the post from Twitter or whatever that said you would tip off the police as to where the body was, they would dig up the ground, then they'd go and look elsewhere when they didn't find a body, you'd then go put the body where they've dug it up because they'll never dig it up again. Oh, maybe. I don't that know, sounds somebody, like the perfect yeah, letter. Somebody posted that. Was that was a good one, that. I'm yeah. going to actually send her a message on Facebook and ask her what. While, we, while you're doing that, Jim, go for it. Uh, the, the murder idea with the murder weapon, there's a few. There's the stabbing with an icicle. Yep. Ice bullets has been proven not to work because of the heat generated in the gun. But the other one is, I read somewhere once that if you can exploit an existing condition of someone, for example, if they're if they're diabetic, like an insulin overdose or something like that, or if they're a smoker, I once read that if they're a smoker, you can like break a cigar up and then boil it and then keep boiling it down to get a really strong liquid. And if you if you get that liquid and inject it into them. They'll die of a heart attack or whatever it is, but it won't be any different than the normal levels of nicotine, cigarette smoke in the body as normal. It won't be detectable. But because I probably heard that when I was in year 7, like 11, 12 year old, it's probably not true. But what I've always thought for the disposal of the body would always be small pieces over a very wide area. If you if you're driving up the M6, you can throw a tooth out every 10, 20 miles... You know, a fragment of bone. You just got to smash things up and just get things really small pieces, and then over a large enough area, they're not going to be able to find any pattern to it. So you'd smash up their bones and sell it to supermarkets as bone meal for the people's plants. Well, yeah, I could do. There we go. And they'd be like, they'd be like, why is this bone meal got a wedding ring in it? <laughs> <laughs> why is there a human growing where tomatoes should? You win the prize. <laughs> why? Why is this like ham shank got a tattoo? <laughs> oh god this, if, is, this is fun <laughs> if you were a cult leader what would be your final act well as I said it wouldn't be a doomsday cult so the final act <clears throat> of my cult would we would act out however I would like Crank 3 to end which is Jason Statham getting his skin back but instead of his skin it's my skin so he looks like me and starts a new cult called the Obi Chen Kenobis <laughs> where we watch Star Wars reruns not non-stop till our eyes fell out or or I'd set everyone on fire in their sleep I've not worked out the finer details yet can I like buy over your cult and call it the Stobie Chen Kenobis the Stobie Chen Kenobis is <laughs> that's even better <laughs> teaming up I'll help you set fire to folk <laughs> I wrote that last night when I was Three or four beers in, so that's my final answer. I buy into it sober. <laughs> Jim? Uh, it would be mass suicide, probably. I don't know. A mass drowning would be definitely interesting to try and orchestrate. I'd rather a mass strangulation. Well, you could do that, because what you could do is just have like a series of slip knots fastened to each one, and then everyone just like moves backwards. Yeah, you could do, yeah. Or one person their jeep drives forwards. <laughs> there we go. We'll talk about it after the podcast because it's getting quite dark. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, right, okay, so 
you're the serial killer on the run, in hiding, or just having a wee break. What name is given to you by the media? Jim. Uh, be the name that I've given myself, the bearded fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that in the news, eh? Another murder found. <laughs> the bearded fuckwit's at it again. Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea, though, for, like, serial killers. Don't give them the cool names. Give them the stupid names, eh? Like, well, I think the, we've discussed it before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, the hapless idiot, because yeah. you were talking about the Green River. The Green River, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. The hapless idiot has done it again. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Chen? Well, I work with potatoes, so I'd be Chen the Potato Lodger. Because I'd lodge potatoes. Where potato- are you going <laughs> to... Because what? <laughs> I, was, I basically just preempted your joke there. Sorry, carry on. What, what, was, what were you saying? I was going to say, where would you lodge the potatoes? Ah, okay. Because <laughs> I'd lodge potatoes in people's asses and blow compressed air into their mouths till they explode. What kind of potatoes? I don't really matter. I've got the bag over there. You want to take them home with you? That's some Maris Piper, that is. <laughs> Baby potatoes to just keep the intimacy going for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd start at Baby Pearl ones and you work up to new potatoes. <laughs> If if it's a holiday season, you could use sweet potatoes to feel a bit, you know, exotic. <laughs> a little bit exotic, yeah. Have a so, juicy yep, royal. I'd be, I'd be chairing the potato lodger, <laughs> ramming King Edwards in people's asses. That scrolled a lot quicker than I was expecting. Yeah, it does this quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got an entire bit for you to read, by the way, Stoby, that you oh, don't know about. Yeah, oh. you don't know about it yet. Ooh. Right, okay. okay, there's your question there. Right, okay. No, number seven. Well, we've done number seven yet. No, you haven't done number seven. Number five? That no. was number five. Oh, apologies, apologies. That was number four. Best time in history to be a serial killer. Would you like the challenge of the modern policing investigation or go for the easy pre-DNA and lack of knowledge? And I'll add to this, would you have it with your current knowledge or with the knowledge of the time? Oh, okay. If that makes I sense. would take the easy route. Because, you know, serial killers like the rush, the thrill of being chased, being noticed. I'm not smart enough to, you know, outsmart modern technique, even with the knowledge I have now. <laughs> so, you'd enjoy watching the police struggle back in the day, wouldn't you? Would you Especially think? if you were like a police sergeant or someone like that. Yeah. yeah. Dexter. That's right there, look. Next what? question. Ah, that's what it is. He wasn't a, he wasn't a sergeant. No, he was a blood spot analyst, but you know what I mean. I love Dexter. Yeah, I did. Um, Yeah, so I'd take the easy route. Back in the day. Because I'm stupid. (laughs) Jim? James? I think, in general, the best time to be a serial killer is during the time of war. Uh, In World War II, there was someone called Marcel Petiot, which is a big shout out to Mike. We're going to be doing, covering this boy on one of our homicide holidays that we've not had yet. Uh, Petiot, Petiot. Yeah, we do. Yeah. A kind of quick fire. We're going to have a couple of quick fire episodes coming up, I think, in the future. But if you want to be specific, I would say Frontier Times America. Because there was fucking all sorts going on at that time of the world. And it was absolute madness. And, you know, we're talking cowboy times, Wild West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the towns aren't really talking to each other, are they? The sheriffs are nothing more than like a, a mayor. You know, basically like a local council official. If you knew what you were doing, you could really do a number on all these people. What was that? Like H.H. Really? H. Holmes did. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But think of that, minus 80 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. Was was that no what Larry Eiler as well? He only got busted because it was the same coroner from out of yeah. town who happened to work yeah. on two of the cases and went, there's something going on. So I don't remember that episode no. in any way, shape or form. I remember it. I remember talking about a hill climb. Yeah, <laughs> you did talk about car hill climb quite a lot. Um, cool, so, right, so yeah, I, I kind of ruined your answer here, Chen, but who's your favourite fictional serial killer? As if I didn't just shout about it a minute ago. Dexter. Why? Oh, it's just, it's just brilliant and he's such a likeable character. And he's like a vigilante. He only kills bad guys. Oh, it's great. It's great. I, he only yeah. kills bad guys until he's about to get caught. Then he kills policemen. So It's great. Surprise, oh, motherfucker. Exactly. Some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> Jim? Uh, I haven't... I don't actually read a lot of fiction. Sweeney Todd. And funnily enough, I, I think that films that cover serial killers... Try and wrap it up too quick. I don't think you can do a convincing, entertaining serial killer story in, a, in two hours. It needs to be a series. So really, I think I'd have to go with Hannibal. 
Oh, I didn't even think. Uh, I didn't, my mind just went straight to straight to Dexter. But all three versions: Anthony Hopkins in the the later ones, they lost me a bit. Red Dragon kind of lost me a little bit. You know the Anthony Hopkins in Sounds of the Lambs, fantastic. Played it and he was creepy and he had a hairline very similar to my own. <laughs> uh, you pull it off better. Thank you. I also think you mean literally it comes off in the shower. <laughs> off. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen in the TV series is fantastic, but I just love everything that he does. I lost the TV brilliant. series after season two, maybe. I think there was only three seasons, so I've not seen the third one. But yeah, I kind of lost it after that. It was great, though. Yeah, no, I do yeah. like that. I keep meaning to go back to it because it's one of them that I watched with it on in the background, so I didn't really pay yeah. a lot of attention to it. You know, when you stop watching a series and you don't know why. And then you think, well, I never finished that. Why did I not finish it? And my you just can't problem, figure it out. My problem with series is you'll watch a series, then it's like a year, and Stoby mentioned this earlier, off off camera, off microphone, <laughs> that Westworld, how long has it been? Westworld, between season one and two, it was like nearly two years. You're going to forget what bloody happened and lose interest in even watching the second season. That's yeah. my problem with some series, so I binge once they're finished. Well, me and my good lady had a conversation how, it's, how it was quite sad that the Punisher has been cancelled and hasn't been renewed for a third season. And then we realised that we got halfway through season two and just didn't bother finishing it. Uh, so, it's kind brilliant. Of, we'll, have to it. Give, we'll have to give it a go again. Anyway, my final answer for favourite fictional serial killer, actually probably my ultimate favourite, is Hannibal in the film Manhunter, where he's played by Dundee's own Brian Cox. And it's brilliant. It predates... Uh, it's got William Peterson from CSI. It predates Sounds of the Lambs by about eight years. Okay. It's like an early 80s film. It's fantastic. And Brian Cox is just brilliant because he's playing it very normal, very ordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't, he's not as creepy as Anthony Hopkins, but he's not going for that kind of performance. But that, that's a fantastic film. It's essentially Red Dragon. That's the film. It's the same storyline. But it was done using it basically feels like a 70s film even though it's probably early 80s but it's fantastic the only thing I remember from Red Dragon and correct me if it's not the right film is someone going down the street in a wheelchair set on fire is that Red Dragon? correct yeah, yeah that's, that's the only it. thing I yeah. remember from that film <laughs> speaking yeah. of films who would play serial killer you in one? well if it was my potato lodger MO then it would be Mr. Potato Head obviously I can see the similarities but if it was a serious film, and then it would be Yuji Tai, the guy from Old Boy who imprisoned his enemy for 18 years and plotted the most ridiculous revenge against him because that's the kind of revenge I would do on someone. <laughs> I had to Google his name. Yuji Tai. Have you seen Old Boy? Love it. Brilliant I've, I've film. I've seen uh, Josh Brolin. Oh, that's version. terrible. Watch the original. It's brilliant. Oh, it's amazing. The Josh Brolin one has one of the slowest fight sequences ever in it. It's like... Watching an old man go to the shops. It's supposed <laughs> to be. It's Hollywood. Hollywood like martial arts scenes are notoriously bad. I mean, the Bourne films and like they're getting better. They're getting very. The Bourne films were great, but a lot of the snappy action was down to snappy camera work. Uh-huh. You know, it's you can't beat the speed of the Asian films, but you probably got terrible health and safety over there. <laughs> Have you seen? Um, it's a Vince Vaughn film where he's in prison. Oh. What's it called? Oh, dodgeball! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's it called? Somebody's gonna Google. Brawl in cell block ninety nine. Something like that. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. That's the slowest fight scenes I've ever bloody seen in my life. Yeah, the, it's not a very good film, is it? No, not at all. What annoyed me was uh, that film came out at a similar time to another film called Shot Caller, and Shot Caller is absolutely fantastic. It's got Nikolai Costa Waldau from Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yep. Yeah, the handsome boy. <clears throat> he plays someone where the film starts and he's just got out of prison and he's a proper hard bastard. He's like neo-Nazi, hard, big handlebar tash, muscles, tattoos. And then it cuts to him before he went to prison. Okay. And he's like a skinny lawyer. And without spoiling, well I won't spoil any of the film because it's fantastic, but something happens, he ends up going to prison. And because of how prison works, he has to align himself with a race. And because he's not black, Hispanic, or anything, or, Ch- or Chinese, he has to go with the whites, and the whites are neo-Nazis. So he immediately gets thrown in with them. And it's, it's basically about a man's development through making himself survive mm-hmm. through prison, and then coming up against the shot caller. And it, it's a brilliant film. But also it's... Very realistic violence, very realistic blood. At one point, there's a stabbing, and the blood looks almost black. It's that dark, so it's that kind of super realism. Yeah, but it's uh, that's a fantastic film, and it's also got an interesting timeline. 
because it jumps backwards and forwards. So it starts okay. in the present day, and then the next scene is back ten years before. Okay. So it's and then you, the only way you can tell the timeline is you got to look what kind of mustache he's got. <laughs> so is that who would play serial killer you in a film then, Nikolai? No, we've got we've got to be realistic about someone who looks like me. We're probably going to go for the boy from the uh, from the J two O adverts back in the day. From the what? The J two O advert. I don't remember. Yeah. Sorry, I don't remember them. Let, let me find. find uh. It's basically <laughs> the boy. The boy is the absolute spitting image of me. Let me just. It isn't very good for. We're going to put the picture of the guy up, but it's. He's just basically you can just have any like random bald beardy guy. Would you not like, rather choose a, a someone of notable actor pedigree? Brian Blessed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's pro- yeah, but what kind of uh, notable actor pedigree can you get that looks good in, looks good enough to up a bit higher? I don't remember those adverts at all. Apparently, he looks like Jim. He has <laughs> no facial hair whatsoever. You lie, Jim. You lie. Yeah, true, I do lie. So, uh, anyway, so Brian right, Blessed. We'll, we'll, we'll start again. No. Jim Foot's alive? <clears throat> right, to start this question again. Who would play serial killer version of myself? Uh, we've got to think of someone who looks like me as well, because I can't just go and say, oh, I think uh, Tom Hardy. Because unless he went full Bronson... He, he could, then... though. He could make himself look like you. I would like I would like a character actor to completely destroy the health to become me for a film. That'd be really funny. It'd be Christian Bale's last film before he succumbed to heart disease. <laughs> fat Thor. <laughs> yeah, Fat Thor. Fat Thor would be ideal. Shave Fat Thor's head. Head. That and actually annoyed me in the film because everyone was laughing at Fat Thor and the whole cinema was laughing and I'm kind of like that's me. <laughs> it was kind of that was a really awkward moment for me in the cinema when I was like ha ah, ha oh oh right okay oh, oh it's that, me oh. yeah. Which cold case do you think you could solve? Or which would you like to have been involved in? So which cold case do we wish we could have solved? Yeah, what did I say? Think. Yeah, I yeah. thought I'd Very I'd different questions. No, I know, that's what... Very kinda, different questions. It threw me there, because that's why I started on the last bit. Uh, so do you wish you could solve? So I was going to say, which ones do we think we could solve? I struggle to find the microphone when we're podcasting. <laughs> it's taken us an hour to set up. Couldn't get Skype going. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know a lot of cold cases, but one that springs to mind is the same name of a band that James introduced me to, which is the Black Dahlia. The band's called the Black Dahlia Murder. So if you don't know what the Black Dahlia is, here's a brief description straight from Wikipedia, and Stoby's going to read it for you. Short's severely mutilated body was completely severed at the waist and drained of blood, leaving her skin a pallid white. Medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to the discovery, leaving her time of death either sometime during the evening of January 14th or the early morning hours of January 15th. The body had apparently been washed by the killer. Short's face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating an effect known as the Glasgow smile. She had several cuts on her thigh and breasts, where entire portions of flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was positioned a foot away from the upper, and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. The corpse had been posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles, and her legs spread apart. So that's the one I wish I could solve or at least been involved in. Because it sounds fucking gruesome. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the early cases that stuck in my mind before I realised I liked true crime. The only reason I know about it is because I googled the Black Dahlia murder because I like the band. And you yeah. see the pictures. Yeah. It was worse when a bloody... I like a band called Aborted, so you bloody Google Aborted. The pictures of that is fucking horrific. Images of toilet bands. <laughs> fucking hell. I was just going to say the band are very ugly, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, don't be. That was a matter. <laughs> See, the band the Aborted are uh, Belgian. And I remember when MySpace first came out, you, you kind of realised you had a way of contacting your favourite bands, and I once harassed, well, I say harassed, it was friendly, a band called The Haunted, got the original singer back, the original vocalist, I should say, Peter Dolvin, and I once sent him a message, like, oh my god, Peter Dolvin's accepted my friend request on MySpace, oh, and I, like, sent him a message, and, like, he spoke to me, and he was like, oh, thanks, I'm just a normal guy, just, like, going, just, like take my kids to school, and recording music, and I was like, great, and then I, come, I carried on fanboying, and he just didn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did the same with uh, Shannon... Was he called Shannon, Shannon Lucas, the Shannon drummer Osborne. from Black Dahlia Murder? 
<laughs> no. Sorry. It was the, yeah. the first Black Dahlia Murder drummer. I sent him a message going, oh my god, I love that bit you're playing this song. He was like, thanks, man. I was like, oh, how'd you do it? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And again, just like, blocks me. Fucking asshole. But, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah, not easy to explain but anyway, drumming techniques and text. Hey, <laughs> we replied to all of our fans. All one of them. The point I was getting at was, I, Jen messaged the band The Aborted when he was drunk once, because the, this band are Belgian... And he sent them a message saying, <laughs> the chocolate of your country is only surpassed by the music that you make. That's, that's actually true, I forgot about that. And did they yeah, reply? I know you did. They, they replied uh, to one message know. I sent them because they were meant to come up and play Scotland before. I've seen them about three or four times now. And they were meant to come up the first time, I think, I was going to see them. But they couldn't because, you know, the the, the bus driver laws, they well, can't drive certain hours, so they had to cancel their show in Scotland. Oh. So I was like... Look, I'll come down to Sheffield to see you, which is what six hours away from where I am. Yeah, but I was like, but I'm driving six hours. Can I get in for free? And they're like, yeah, just say your name at the door. But I didn't, I didn't risk it. <laughs> I didn't risk it. <laughs> and that bouncer was looking for you up and down the street, shouting for you in the motor story car box. <laughs> yeah, rumor has it he's still looking. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> for um, me, yeah, I've seen them many times now. I got a selfie with the singer last yeah. last year, year before. Isn't it a completely different lineup now? Yeah, he basically like does an album, sacks his band, does an album, the singer, then he does another album, sacks the band. I think this this band now done two or three albums. I was going to say, he's had the left-handed boy in for a while now, hasn't he? The left-handed yeah, yeah. guitarist. And their drummer, because... have you seen them live? No. Their drummer, he's so fast, right? Oh, he's a machine, but yeah. He just, he just he just makes it look so easy. He just His body doesn't move, it's just everything else is moving really fast, but he's just looking dead straight. It's amazing, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. That's the thing about good technique. I went to see Akrakaka and their drummer David Gray is called not the David Gray that's from Babylon, a different one. <laughs> He's an absolute machine, yeah. and he used to have like waist length poker straight black hair, brown hair. And he's got it cut short into like a geography teacher haircut now because obviously he's, he's like an older boy. But so he looks like well, he looks like what he is a graphic designer, and then when he comes on and plays the most insane drum beats you can imagine. While sitting there, perfectly calm, and like it's like a, a swan above the wa- above the waist, it's complete still, and then below the waist, all his legs and hands are going mental. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Still be used to drum. A long really? time ago, yeah. Not death metal drumming. But, no, you know. more more just sort of standard rock, almost. Yeah. ACDC, the Hives, basic stuff. You know. <laughs> it's good fun. It's good fun. I, I used to like. It. I've I've got an electronic drum kit, and I just like getting drunk and drumming along to the songs. It's just fun. <laughs> So, going on to the next question then, which is... Cold case, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to... I would like to... Uh, you keep which ones? I'm going for a pee. All right, no problems. <laughs> you bored the piss out of them. The ones I'd like... Basically, I'll do I'll do two cold cases. John Benet Ramsey, I really want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was Blake, and they covered it up. But when you start looking into the links that the dad had with Boeing, and... Industrial, you don't know if it was botched kidnapping, if it was like industrial espionage gone wrong, if it was Illuminati or you know, like secret government. But basically, there's a lot of ways you can look into it, but it's just uh, it's like Occam's Razor, the most obvious answer is probably going to be the right one, and it's the fact that probably a brother killed her accidentally and the family tried to cover it up and then got too far. But getting away from that one, probably the one of the Summerton man in Australia. Which is, for those who don't know, they found a man on the beach, a body of a man on the beach, but he had no ID in his pockets. All the labels had been cut out of his clothes. He was dead, by the way. He's completely dead. And all the labels, have been, he was... Yep, so you picked the Black from, Dahlia murder as well, yep, yep. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, back to the Summerton man. <laughs> and he was found with uh, no ID on him, no wallet. He, like, he almost just like dropped out of the air. But he was he was found dead. I can't remember what had killed him. All the labels were cut out of his clothes, but it was obvious from the material that his clothes were, weren't made locally. And this was in the fifties, the fifties, sixties, forties, a long time ago, anyway. And they had a copy of a book, and the book was an old book of Persian poetry, and like one bit of the page had been circled or torn out or something, and it was just the phrase "Tamal Shud," which means "It is over." And th- that's literally all they know. They've not, they've not got any further with it. They don't have an answer. It was a man found on a beach. 
in a place called Somerton in Australia, and he's a Somerton man, and there's no no knowledge about anything else to do with him. It's absolute madness. I'm going to read into that, and I'm going to solve the case. Good. If you think you can solve the case. <laughs> no. So, right. I so, can hardly answer half these questions. <laughs> um, hello, everybody. Just interrupting this wonderful podcast. Um, just to say, we're going to break this up into two episodes because we do ramble on for about another 55 minutes to an hour. And also, James would like me to have put in a disclaimer saying he got the name of Jean-Benet Ramsey's brother wrong. James called him Blake, but his actual name is Burke. I'm currently recording this at about 9 o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day. So I hope you all had a very good Christmas and a wonderful New Year. And yeah, you'll hear from us in two weeks with more Q&As. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another great podcast from the Fair City Podcast Network, a group dedicated to connecting and developing podcasts. Check out fcpod.net for more great podcasts and content.